1: What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sallarson here from our Smoothie King Center studios as the Pelicans get set to take on the Memphis Grizzlies tonight at 7 p.m. Hope this Tuesday finds you well. I'm filling in for Sean Kelly, who normally has a Tuesday off, and it does help that no shoot around this morning for the Pelicans. They're trying the um, afternoon kind of walkthrough as the Pelicans will have a back to back. Seems like every Tuesday and Wednesday the Pelicans have a back to back. I think it's now 3. Out of the last four weeks, they'll do it again tonight. They'll leave for Houston after the game and take on the Rockets tomorrow night at the Toyota Center. We have a good show for you today. As we try to do every single day, Jim offer from Pelicans.com will join me as he always does on a Tuesday, and the tradition will go on as far as fantasy football talk with Jake Seeley from RotoExports.com. I wonder, I, I'll ask Jake this, but I was curious about how the kick six, or the block six, I should say, affected anyone fantasy-wise if you had Travis Coons from the – Cleveland Browns is the kicker or if you were facing the Ravens D or you had the Ravens D in special teams how the the block six affected you guys fantasy wise but what an ending in it's kind of fitting for Cleveland I don't want to rag on Cleveland fans but man it just it could only happen to Cleveland as it did last night 27 to 27 a kick to win it and then it's blocked and Will Hill goes the distance as the uh, Ravens win 33 to 27 what a game that was and uh, now we move on that week and it's time to focus on the Carolina Panthers as far as the New Orleans Saints go and we'll do that uh, throughout the week. We'll effort to get Mick Mix in the radio voice of the Panthers on. We'll try to get a writer on as well as we uh as the undefeated Panthers, the only undefeated team in the league, rolls into town to take on the Saints on Sunday. Remember that is a, that game was flexed to 3:25 central time. It was a noon game, but then they flexed it, which means it might be on around the country. So, the national perspective will Get to watch the Saints and the Panthers on Sunday afternoon. So we'll talk fantasy football today. We'll also talk a little Pelicans with Jim Eichenhofer. And yesterday at Pelicans practice, Alvin Gentry expects or says that he expects Tyreek Evans and Norris Cole to play. Norris Cole had that high ankle sprain that kept him out the first 17 games of the season. And same with Tyreek Evans as far as missing the first 17 games. But his was due to arthroscopic knee surgery. So both those guys are expected to play. Not sure how many minutes, but it seems like Tyreek Evans will get the start tonight. And It'll be interesting to see how Alvin Gentry uses all of his guards, the way Ishmith has been playing. Drew Holiday, I would say, has struggled a little bit. He's also been on the minute restriction and a back-to-back restrictions. We'll see how Alvin plays that, as there is a back-to-back for the Pelicans uh, tomorrow night. So it should be interesting how the lineups are adjusted based on these two guys coming back. I'll ask Jim Mike can offer his take on that. And uh, we'll get a preview of the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Pelican's looking for their fifth win of the season. They're four and thirteen, but they could go to three and one within the Southwest Division. Okay, so we'll start the Pelicans preview coming up next. Jim Mikenoffer joins me. Stay with us. You're listening to the Black and Report.
2: All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy
0: looking for the perfect holiday gift Well, give the gift of pelicans basketball with the pelicans five-game holiday plan packages start as low as forty nine dollars pick your favorite five games including matchups against the thunder rockets and clippers the pelicans five-game holiday plan makes a great stocking stuffer so call 525 hoop or visit pelicans.com to order your pelicans five game holiday plan today We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report.
1: All right, welcome back to the show. We start our preview of Pelicans and Grizzlies tonight from the Smoothie King Center. And um, joining me now on the phone is Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. No shoot around this morning, so Jim joins us from an undisclosed chateau, one of his five here <laughs> in Louisiana. Jim, good morning. How are you?
3: Good morning. How are you? I'm. Yes, I'm at the chateau. I'm uh starting to make my plans for the day. I need to consult with my um staff meteorologist to find out if today's a good croquet day or if I need to do something indoors.
1: Croquet, archery, anything like that outside. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. So I think you're I'll be your meteorologist. I think you're good to go.
3: All right. Good to hear.
1: And then we have our afternoon bowling session as usual on our Tuesdays, correct? Yes. Okay. Do.
3: You know, I do I do feel I appreciate the help, although I feel like I need to I need to um speak the uh, speak a professional for this I don't think I can rely on just your um, appraisal of what the weather is going to be like today
1: wow so. okay well then I can't help you then we're done with that <laughs> <laughs> Jim let's talk about some basketball and unfortunately on the road trip uh wasn't the best for the Pelicans one and two it started off great after a big 17 point comeback against the Suns but then they kind of things fell apart after Thanksgiving Maybe in the turkey I don't know what it was but um two straight losses against the Clippers in the Jazz, um, give me a, synops- a synopsis of kind of what you saw from this team on the road trip.
3: I thought that they somewhat um, reverted back to the way that they were had been playing before those two games, um, or before the three-game winning streak, I should say. Um, I felt like um, it sounded like a couple of the players mentioned that they need to move the ball better. Um, AD specifically said we need to not play selfish basketball after the um, – Utah game so um, I think that was one of the one of the problems was that they went back to playing isolation ball a little bit too much and um, dug themselves holes in both of those games Um, they had some stretches where they played well in the Utah game but it seemed like every time they'd get down to 18 or something like that they'd cut it down to 8 or 10 and then Utah would just put together like a 6-0 run and put it away so um, they just need to I think get back to the way they were playing for that stretch where they beat San Antonio
1: and they beat Phoenix twice. Absolutely. The team is now 4-13. and They take on the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Um, the good thing is, Jim, whenever I look at the uh, game notes usually provided by our PR staff, um, what used to be I looked at was you know little tidbits, little stats and all that, but it seems like this year the first thing I look at is the injury report, and for the first time yesterday it didn't look like a novel and didn't take me 15 minutes to read our injury report. <laughs> Um, Tyreek Evans and Norris Cole are expected to play unless anything drastically changes during the afternoon shoot-around since there's no morning shoot-around. How's the feel knowing that the injury report is down to just two players in Quincy Pondexter and Kendrick Perkins?
3: I mean, I think it's great. I think um, in some ways you can kind of look at it as a fresh start. I know uh, they talked to AD yesterday and asked him, you know, do you look at this as a new beginning? And he said, well, we're still 4-13, so it's not like that's going to get wiped away. But at the same time, I think I'm, I'm excited. I'm sure a lot of fans are excited as well to see what they can do with almost a you know a full roster. I know we're still waiting for Quincy to come back, and Kendra Perkins is out. But um to be able to have uh, Tyreek back and Norris, the stuff that he brings, um I think everybody's just excited about you know seeing what they can do.
1: All right, so let's talk about Tyreek and Norris a little bit. Norris Cole um, was acquired in a trade last year with Miami. Um, had probably one of his better, I guess, stints of his career with us, um, averaging about 10 points per game, shooting around 45% from the field. And Tyreek, we know what Tyreek can do. Um, What did those two add to this team, especially in an Alvin Gentry-type offense?
3: Well, starting with Norris, I think, I mean, there were a lot of factors last season, but the one I think you could almost definitively draw a line between the time that he arrived and when the season turned around. I know there was more to it than that, obviously. But um, it seemed like they really took off when he came in. It solved a lot of the issues as far as um, backup point guard, which I know isn't as much of a concern this year, but it was last year. Um, he's a, he's aggressive defensive player. I think he's going to help them a ton on defense. Um, Quincy also, when he comes back, will, will make a big difference. If you remember last year before uh, they added those two guys – it seemed like they, they, they weren't, the team wasn't really going anywhere. They were kind of a 500 team, and they were kind of stuck in that, in that rut. So um, having Norris back I think will help on both ends, um, but especially defensively where, you know, they're not off to a good start at all so far. Um, Tyreek, I think the biggest thing that he's going to do is just put everybody into more of a suitable role offensively. Um, right now you have a situation where a guy might be the second option. When Tyreek comes back, he'll be the third option and I think that'll make it easier. You're, you're talking about a lot of defensive attention that he draws away from from uh, certain guys like maybe Eric and, and Drew. Um, you know, I f- feel like a couple guys are really not off to good starts in terms of shooting percentage and efficiency. So I think that um, Tyreek, you know, along with AD, are going to be guys that the other team has to f- focus attention on, and hopefully we'll see some of these um, – shooting percentages come up from some of the other key uh scores on the team besides ad and ryan who are seem to be off to pretty good starts shooting the ball
1: absolutely now with tyreek norris back there's a lot more depth at the guard position you have drew Holiday, you have ish tyreek evans norris cole eric gordon with all those guys and not enough minutes to go around could we potentially see a lot of three guard lineups a lot of small ball with this team and uh how does Alvin Gentry get creative with all these guards right now? It's a good problem to have, but uh, how does Alvin Gentry sure. deal with all these guards?
3: I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I definitely think that you're going to see... I mean, he's already leaned to, to more more towards um, small lineups. Um, we haven't seen Omer very much the last few games. Um, Alexi's minutes have gone down. Um, so I think even before Tyreek and Norris were back, we're, we're seeing more... Of Ryan Anderson and Anthony Davis together at the four and five, um, you're seeing uh, some lineups where Eric Gordon is basically the small forward, which I mean he's he's um you know an uh, undersized two guard, so that's pr- been pretty rare over the last few years that he's been here that he'll be small forward. But I know that that's the way that Gentry likes to play, and you got to go with the guys that are playing well. It, uh, we've talked about it before Ish Smith has played really well, so. There's another guy where you gotta. I think you have to make sure that he he still gets minutes. So I mean, it's going to be interesting. Um, Coach Gentry said that uh, that Tyreek is going to start, so you you have to make a decision there as well. I mean, there's it seems like there's multiple options that he can he can pick from, and like you said, that's definitely a good problem to have that you have so many different possibilities that you could go with.
1: Absolutely, and you mentioned you know a lot of the times you see Ad and Ryan playing the four. And the five, with nights like this where you have Zach Randolph and Marcus Gasol down there, um, does Alvin play a lot more small ball now and have the other team adjust to us instead of us adjusting to the other team? Because primarily you would think on a night like this you see a lot of Omer Asik and Alexia Jinsa based on the size of those two guys. But, you know, do you make them now adjust to us with a smaller and quicker and a better shooting lineup?
3: I mean, that's a good question. I think – That'll be something that we'll have to wait until game time. I'm, I would imagine that that um, Elvin Gentry won't address that because I think he wants to keep Memphis guessing as far as what he'll do. Right. But I will say the one thing in these games against Memphis the last two or three years, at least since AD's been here, it's been interesting in terms of the the style of play because I feel like when the Pelican the Pelicans have had some years where they've had a lot of success against them. Um, I think they won three out of four against the Grizzlies two years ago, and it seems like when they can get in an up and down style, the Grizzlies' big guys are great, but they have a hard, really hard time handling Anthony Davis when he's, you know, running up and down and just, you know, getting past them. When it's a slug it out, you know, football grind kind of game, not to use, just use their their trademark word of grit and grind, but mm-hmm. um, the Grizzlies, um, they they love playing that way. And it seems like when it turns into that style, it's totally in the Grizzlies' favor. So, I mean, that's a really that's a really interesting thing to watch tonight. Is do the Pelicans just say, hey, you know, we know you have two big guys that are that are tough to contend with, but if we can play the way we want to play, you know, you're going to have to figure out a way to to um, adjust to that instead of the other way around.
1: It'll be nicely little chess game between Alvin Gentry and Dave Yeager. Uh, that's for sure. All right, Jim, before I let you go, keys tonight against Memphis. How do the Pelicans leave the Smoothie King Center and head on to Houston with a win?
3: Well, I think one of the things is what we just addressed was pace, that they want to play faster. Um, I think right now they're sixth, I think, in the in the league in pace uh, New Orleans, so if they can get kind of in a more of an up-and-down game, that would be excellent. Um, and then with with Tyreek back and, and hopefully Norris back, um, one of the keys is just going to be being able to integrate the new guys and and hopefully, you know, be able to to be able to have a smooth transition into that. I'm pretty optimistic that they can do that. Partly because Tyreek has played so many games with a lot of these guys before, and you know, Norris had a lot of good experience. And I think, as Norris said yesterday after practice. He's been in the league a long time. He's played in a ton of big games in a lot of different situations. So I think both of those guys will, will be fine um, coming back and, and playing against the you know a really good Memphis team.
1: This is a good test for the Pelicans this week with being 4-13. and It's a big week, I would say. You have tonight with the Memphis Grizzlies, tomorrow against Houston, who has struggled, but, of course, a division game is not going to be easy. And then you have the Cleveland Cavaliers rolling the town on Friday night. So a big week, I would say, for this Pelicans team.
3: Yeah, it definitely is. I'm starting you know, when you look at the schedule, you start to wonder, like, when do they get to play, not to name names, but Philadelphia or somebody like that. It seems like they um, haven't really had any stretches of, of opponents that are weak. I know, like you said, that Houston is, isn't playing well, and hopefully the Pelicans are catching them at, a, at the right time right now. But, um, but yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a big week, and um, it definitely doesn't get any easier with the three teams that they have on the on the schedule this week
1: start tonight seven o'clock smoothie king center pelicans warm-up starts at 6 30 i'll have more on that in our fourth segment here that's jim i can offer from pelicans.com jim enjoy your morning of croquet and archery and i will talk to you tonight for the game
3: sounds good i will talk to you later today
1: all right when we come back we'll turn our attention to fantasy football jake seeley from motorexperts.com joins me stay with us you're listening to the black and blue report
3: The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to unwind with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out six-pack, presented by Fulton Alley. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four beers. Plus, Fulton Alley is throwing in a free game of bowling, all for as low as $50. Take flight with the next Guys Night Out on Monday, December 7th against the Boston Celtics. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King it's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new immune builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange immune
0: builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King, smoothies with a purpose. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center, Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel sellerson
1: Welcome back to the show. As promised, it's a Tuesday, which means we talk fantasy football with Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our fantasy focus presented by Xbox One. He joins me now over the telephone. Jake, happy Tuesday to you. Happy birthday, by the way. I didn't get to say that to you over the weekend, but I hope you had a great birthday, my friend.
4: Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a good one, even though, you know, you know at, at our age, it's just it's a birthday. It's a, the, the, the clowns and the ponies don't show up anymore.
1: Yeah, no birthday parties, no party favors, any of that stuff. I know. It's tough. But, um, <laughs> Jake, I do want to ask you before we get on this uh talk about fantasy football, Uh, the the kick six last night I think affected a lot of people. Some people had even Justin Tucker as far as making an extra point or a field goal. Um, losing out or probably someone who had uh, Travis Coons or even the Ravens defense. Did it affect any of your gazillion teams last night? (laughs) Fortunately,
4: no. Fortunately, I avoided that mess. Uh, I did have Buck Allen going in a couple leagues and that helped. That had nothing to do with the. And am, am I allowed to say on this show that I, I hope nobody is affected by the kickers? Am I allowed to say that I hate having kickers in fantasy football? I don't know if that's okay on the show.
1: Yeah, that's fine as long as you don't. You don't, as long as you don't uh, insult the Saints kicker Kai Forbath who had his career long the other night. I say you're you're okay. Yeah,
4: he actually looked good. But, yeah, I think that uh, – I actually wrote an article two years ago that we should be getting rid of kickers in fantasy football league. Or at least loop them into the defense. Put it like a defense special team slash kicker. Just like you said last night, and, you know, you get a guy who – you can talk about the Patriots, Getkowski, All year long, they score five touchdowns, and then you have some random person for a last-place team kick three field goals and outscore him. It's just kickers are so frustrating.
1: Right, and you can't really predict how they're going to – you know, you try to get maybe a kicker that – Guys don't score a lot of touchdowns, or a team doesn't, and then all of a sudden they score. They don't kick any, and then the team that's a high-powered offense, like you mentioned, kicks like five or six, and then you're you're done. I don't I don't get it either. You can't predict kickers. You can't go into a season going, oh, this guy's the best kicker out there, because you don't know every every um, game. They might not even have a chance to kick a field goal.
4: Exactly. A, a, a matchup should not be determined by a kicker. I, I go back to Rob Verona's a bunch of years ago when he kicked six field goals. I, I'm a little bitter about that one.
1: Yeah. I understand. I mean, that puts up, what, 20 points, and you, if your kicker is the, your highest scorer, then you're in trouble. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on. We won't talk about kickers today, don't worry. Um, I do want to get to the tight end position, because I feel like we haven't talked about them um, this whole season, but I want to start with um, some a team that's caught my eye on the Kansas City Chiefs, who are rolling right now. I believe it's four in a row, and they have one of the easier schedules remaining is there guys worth playing on their team or picking up that um, might help you down the road?
4: Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it's only about three guys.
1: We
0: <laughs> know
4: all the names. It's Kendrick West. Jeremy Macklin and Travis Kelsey, I, you, you actually I'll say four. You might be able to get Alex Smith depending on your quarterback situation. Like looking at Phillip Rivers this week facing Denver, I'd much rather start Alex Smith against Oakland. It's just one of those weeks where you, you just you don't want to face the Broncos this year. Yeah. But I, I'm looking at it, and as you mentioned, one of the best schedules is Oakland, San Diego, Baltimore, Cleveland. I don't think anybody really has it easier. So you have to like West, but as we saw with Spencer Ware last week, if West is out again or misses time or – you know, heck, even against the Chargers, if you're really thin at running back and you want to throw wear out there to potentially get a few touches and potential touchdown there, there is upside there. But the, the main three slash four with Alex Smith are the ones you want. And if you have them, you absolutely need to probably have them in your lineup every single week going forward.
1: Okay, good stuff there. Um, let's talk about the tight end position, which we really haven't done all season long. We have Gronk hurt; that's week to week. You have Jimmy Graham out now. Um, not even waiver wire purposes, but maybe what are some tight ends we should look out for? Maybe if you're trying to trade, if your trade deadline's not up yet and you want to go after someone, or there's someone on the waiver wire that might help you the rest of the way, uh, give me some tight ends that a, player, a guy should look out for.
4: Yeah, the waiver wires, there's a few options out there, but the one thing that I see the most so far, at least people ask me on Twitter, is whether waiver wire surprisingly dropped in a lot of leagues or even potentially getting them for cheap in the trade is Julius Thomas. Hey, everybody remembers what potentially has especially in the red zone he hasn't really got on track mostly you know missing time to injury and then Blake Borles has developed such a rapport with Robinson and Hearns that there wasn't much left for him but he's starting to get on track now and like I said he, whether he's on a waiver wire you can trade for him I think he has a nice a nice enough schedule going forward that he's somebody you want but if you're looking at the waiver wire you potentially can't trade for anybody and don't have a backup, obviously Scott Chandler is the immediate plug-in. He has two touchdowns in the last three games. So if he already has that, sharing time with Gronkowski, now he takes over for Gronkowski, he's the obvious choice. But a few other guys might be out there. You can look at Jacob Tammy for Atlanta, who's really come on of late. Uh, He had a 26-plus point effort a few weeks ago. Zach Miller has been taken over with Martellus Bennett out. Of course, if Martellus Bennett is back, that hurts him. Mm-hmm. But you can look at his situation. And then Kyle Rudolph, you know, every year it's like, oh, we're waiting for Kyle Rudolph to break out and have a great season. It just doesn't seem to ever happen. But he's looked good over the last few weeks. So, you know, you look at what he can possibly get done for the rest of the way. Not a Gronkowski replacement, but, you know, he, you could do worse. Let's put it that way.
1: All right. Fair enough. Um, let's talk about Matt Stafford a little bit. He uh, seems like uh, he's been playing a lot better lately. Especially the Lions have been playing a lot better l- lately. They had the Packers coming up, and I believe they have a, a little bit of an easier schedule um, heading down the rest of the way. Is Matt Stafford moving up the QB rankings in your eyes?
4: He is, but he's still risky. Just because you know everybody wants to throw out the quote-unquote bad Andy Dalton it's like you know some games he shows up and it's inconsistent with turnovers and it's just not the Andy Dalton we love when he goes out and throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns. I think the same thing goes for Matthew Stafford. He has the potential. We love what we saw, especially like last week on Thanksgiving. He had a terrific game, and we see these games, and we get excited about Stafford and what he can do with Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate, all the weapons he has. But then he goes out there and he gets inconsistent and starts side-arming the ball, you know, overthrowing his receivers, getting you know scared in the pocket. So I look at the schedule. I don't like next week against St. Louis. But other than that, he has three out of four games, which are pretty, I'd say, I want to say safe because Stafford's never really safe, but Mm -hmm. enough potential that you could probably start him going forward. In a couple of those games, if you're playing, you know, the quarterback carousel or streamers, he could be a nice play.
1: All right. Um, You know, you mentioned some tight ends maybe worth picking up on the waiver wire. How about some other guys, two or three guys worth picking up this week?
4: Uh, You got to look at Sean Drawn. Uh, You know, he's actually looked half decent for the 49ers. That offense. Still struggling a bit, but you know anybody who's getting that amount of touches, and especially at PPR League, he's been to RB2 so far. You have to like him. We were just talking about the Dolphins, or the Dolphins, the Lions, I'm sorry, and talking about Amir Abdullah earlier this season. There was such potential for him. Everybody loved him. Uh, now that he's got his fumbling issues under control, he's starting to get more time again, and he's very explosive. If you need running back help, uh, yeah, that's those are your options at this point of the year. You need to go grab a Drawn or Abdullah and just find somebody to put in your lineup or make sure you have your handcuffs, as we've said, for the past two weeks. And at wide receiver, uh, with the news of Rashard Matthews potentially being out for a few weeks, go grab Devontae Parker, extremely talented rookie, uh, had some injuries of his own earlier this season, saw 10 targets last week against the Jets. A lot of potential in that offense if he's going to be starting alongside Jarvis Landry.
1: All right, and the last question, of course, involves the Saints, who face a very tough, uh, undefeated Carolina Panthers team. Um, How do the Saints match up fantasy-wise against a very good Panther defense?
4: Yeah, it's going to be tough to start as many Saints as we have been in the past couple weeks just because of the matchup we're looking at on hand. Obviously, you really can't fit Drew Brees. It was the first game in years that he didn't have a touchdown last week. I think he gets back on track because McCown did throw for over 300 yards against the Panthers earlier this season. So it can be done, especially with this offense. So I'm still starting Breeze. Don't get me wrong there, but you know Mark Ingram is a must-start always. He's still top five running back. Even in his quiet weeks, he's still putting eight, nine, ten points up, uh, even with limited touches. So you have to like him every single week. And I think Brandon Cooks gets back on track because the thing is, everybody's going to get scared about Josh Norman, but Josh Norman doesn't play the slot. And Cooks moves enough, around enough and will be in the slot enough that he won't see Norman the entire game. It gets a little bit dicier with Willie Sneed, so if I'm looking for the upside, he did have a semi-decent game the first time around, and that was before he really came on. So you can look for a boom or bust. That's the kind of situation we're looking at, though. It's not one of those, you must start Willie Sneed. But Ben Watson, I do think, is still a must start, just because the tight end position is so thin. And the Panthers have actually, that's the one area in the past where they haven't been great, is against tight ends. They've been great against receivers, but only so-so against tight ends. So... You can get most of them in there, but you're not digging deep on the roster. And then Willie seems a little riskier than normal.
1: All right, good stuff as always. That's Jake Seely from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus, presented by Xbox One. Jake, next week we'll start maybe talking about teams and uh, getting ready for the playoffs. So we look forward to that. Thank you very much. Yep, anytime. All right, when we come back, I'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report.
2: Healthcare with peace of mind.
0: It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: All right, it absolutely is a Pelicans game day. Pelicans take on the Grizzlies tonight at the Smoothie King Center. 7 o'clock start. We'll have it on the radio starting at 6.30 with Pelicans warm-up, and then Sean Kelly and John DeShazer will have the call on the Pelicans radio network, including 99.5 WRNO, which is our flagship station, of course, um pelicans live will start at 6 30 on the television side and then joel myers david wesley and jen hale will have the call at 7 on fox sports new orleans tickets are still available starting as low as 15 dollars. you can call 525 hoop or visit pelicans.com today so lots of good stuff tonight um pelicans take on the grizzlies and also there's a big event going on across the street from the Saints and Pelicans facility at the Winn Dixie. Winn Dixie is teaming up with the Saints for the Winn Dixie Holiday Harvest event today from 5 30 to 7 p.m. at Winn Dixie 5901 Airline Highway. Bring five canned good items or donate $5 for a mission to the event. Mix and mingle with Saints players, sensations, gumbo, and more, all in support of the Second Harvest Food Bank. Enjoy delicious food samples and festive music, all while helping feed local families again today from 5.30 to 7. So why don't you go on over there uh, before the Pelicans-Grizzlies game, donate some of your canned goods or donate some money, Um, get some free samples, and enjoy um, some Saints players and Sensation and Gumbo and much more Then come out and support the Pelicans at 7 o'clock. Again, Tyreek Evans, Norris Cole, expected to play tonight. So for the most part, the Pelicans should have a relatively healthy roster. The only two guys out now are Quincy Pondexter and Kendrick Perkins. So Memphis tonight, Houston Rockets Wednesday and Friday, the big one against the Cleveland Cavaliers at 8.30 here at the Smoothie King Center. It's 8.30 because it's the second game of ESPN's doubleheader, and it's nationally televised. On tomorrow's show, we'll recap tonight's game, hopefully a win, and we'll also preview Pelicans and Rockets with David Wesley. It's a Wesley Wednesday, of course. They'll do that from Houston. He'll join Sean Kelly and Joel Blank who uh, works for the Rockets Radio Network. He'll help give us a Houston perspective since we haven't seen them yet this season. And um, hopefully it's a Pelicans win tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Hope you'll join us. If not, join us on the radio or on the television. And uh, thank you for joining me today here on the Black and Blue Report. Until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Have a great day.